Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome. How's everyone doing? Great. Awesome. It's a good morning. Amen. So this is February 4th, 2024. I'm going to pray for our pastor, Pastor Stan, for a great message. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We say thank you, Father, for today's a day that you have made. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. And we will receive this word of God that you have for us. We ask that you bless our pastor from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, that he speaks the word of God with boldness, with freedom, in the name of Jesus. We love you. Amen. 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 And Lord, this morning we worship you, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. Lord, we ask you to show us the deep and secret things within your word. Help us to understand them. Help us to be prepared to serve you in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So yesterday when I prayed and said, Lord, what do you want to say? Boy, I heard real clear. Jude. Now I thought, ah, Jude. No, maybe he said Malachi. Uh, Lord, wait. You know, sometimes it's hard to hear what the Lord is saying. So I thought, all right, all right, fine, I'll go check out Jude. And sure enough, it did have something in it. So this is what Jude says to the last day's church. That's what he spoke to my heart. He said Jude was speaking to the last day's church. In other words, this was the last day's before many of the apostles started to pass on. And he said that basically where we are in Jude is where we are today. And so Jude is really written specifically for the last day's church. So I pulled it up, sure enough. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Is that us? That's right. That's us. We're called. Mercy unto you, I'll take it, Lord, thank you. Peace and love, we'll take it, multiply, be mul- we, we want mercy, peace, love, all, we want that, right? Amen. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, see, in other words, at this point, the churches have been going for a while, and guess what's happened? Trouble. Trouble in the churches. When I give all diligence to write to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort to you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. So what's happening? What's happening in the church there? What's happening? The church got started and some trouble arose, right? Is that what it's saying? It's exactly what it's saying. Earnestly contend for the faith. In other words, don't leave our first love. And in America today, when you turn on the boob tube, and there's all kinds of filth, and there's all kinds of people trying to sell you all kinds of things there, and then you go to a sports game. I think, okay, fine. I walk a little, watch a little sports. I mean, what can be wrong with sports? And then I see some guy miss a basket, and he turns around and go, and I won't even put my lips and the rest of the rest of you know what the word was right Phil so then I think okay well fine can't find anything wrong playing racquetball so I'll go to racquetball and somebody misses and someone turns around and goes 
Another curse word. We live in a filthy nation. We're surrounded by filthy people. So is it important that we earnestly contend for the faith? What does that mean? <clears throat> it's, that's right. It says, don't fall away. Don't get caught up in the world. Anybody need to hear that besides me? Yeah. Would you turn that fan on, please? Probably on one, that white one would work. So he says, earnestly. In other words, not just a little, really. We, see, all right, all right. Let me, let me, let me I, I, I've told myself many times I'm not going to say this. But I'm going to say it. So, God gave me four dreams over a 48-hour period. And it really sent me tumbling. And basically what he was saying is, Stan, you need to get busy getting more people into the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It's your fault. You need to get more people in. So I've been racking my brain on what to do. Because I tend to beat upon myself. Anyone else like that? Anyone join? Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Blame it all on me. It's not. It's not. My fault. So. I thought those were my words. Ah, she said, "Never my fault." Yeah, no, it's never her fault. That's the reason we men learn. Dear, I'm sorry. You know, yes, I'm sorry. We learn those words. I remember Sean, shortly after he got married, he called me. He says, Dad, I learned something today. You know, about marriage. I said, what? He said, I learned that you have to apologize even if you weren't wrong. I said, that's a good one to learn real early. The sooner you learn that, the better. That's the reason you poor single guys in here, I'm sorry for you. There's so many lessons in life you have not learned. <laughs> and look at the ladies going, that's right, that's right. Okay, so where was it going? So I tend to blame myself when there's not enough people showing up to church. And I started having a conversation with the Lord. I started saying, yeah, well, you know, those other people that don't come, they do, you know, it's their fault. They need to earnestly contend for the faith. They need to strive to get closer to you. Yes, 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 yes. That's probably all that's true. But it's still your fault. Matter of fact, in marriage, and Leslie will confirm this, if the marriage is not going well, it's my fault. And if you don't believe that, just ask a woman. Ask a woman. After all, that's why they call it Hebrews. Because he brews the coffee. He does everything else. And if anything goes wrong, it is he whose fault it is. You younger people don't pay any attention. That's right. Move along. Move along. For there are certain men crept in unawares who 
were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Now, what does that mean? It means that some people came along within the church that weren't doing it right. And you might say, even from the foundation world, that it was kind of ordained that they would be just disruptors. They would be problems. We're before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. What is lasciviousness? In general, it's sin. In more specific, it's sin outside of marriage or sex out, yeah, sexual sin, sex outside of marriage. We don't have any of that today in America, right? Inside the marriage, too. <laughs> Leslie says inside the marriage, too. Ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Jesus Christ. You mean you think there might be tares in the churches across America today? People that look like Christians, call themselves Christians, but aren't really Christians. Remember, Dana Coverstone had a dream where he said he saw the people in the front half of the church that were really listening and, you know, amening and appreciated what the pastor was saying. But the people in the back half of the church were yawning and couldn't wait for church to be over. They weren't really with the Lord. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how the Lord have having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. What's that saying? It's saying, you people that visit once in a while, and here I'm not talking about just Spirit of Prophecy Church, I'm talking about the church, matter of fact, not even just across America, but the church around the world. The people that visit once in a while, the people that kind of dip their toe in church, but for the most part live outside the church, it's saying, I'm putting you in remembrance. Remember your first love. Remember to come back to the Lord. That's what he's saying. The angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he'd reserved them into everlasting change under darkness under the judgment of the great day. What's he talking about there? You know who I'm, uh, what he's talking about? It says the angels that kept not their first estate. See, if you know your Bible, then you understand that. If you know your Bible, you understand what it's saying about the land coming out of the land of Egypt. If you don't, then it just passes over your head. Okay, so what happened to the angels that kept not the first estate? How many of you know the story there? We got three, five, six, six, eight hands, six, eight hands. Okay, time to read your Bible. All right, so what it's talking about? Not only did Adam and Eve... Step across the line because an angel, meaning this case, Lucifer, stepped across the line and entered into their world, but it was a whole bunch of that. So when these demons come and attack people, they're they're leaving their true estate. They left their habitation, so consequently, they are assigned to eternal judgment in darkness. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, what's it saying? It's saying, make certain that when you have sex, you are married. Just like we had, what was it, four people come up here that had made a commitment to remain pure and clean until they get married. Going after strange flesh. What's strange flesh? Something you ain't married to. If it ain't got a ring on the finger that you put there and you covenanted before God, before your congregation, 
that this is the first, last, and the only person you're going to marry, then... Yeah, well, I was getting there. So Leslie also adds on to it. It also means same sex. And if you want to go that far, it also means sex with animals. Sex with children. We're a filthy nation. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Now, hang on, there's more. Let me read this next part because that'll explain it. Yet Michael the archangel... When contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. What's it saying? Saying some people <clears throat> talk bad about the church, bad about that pastor, or that bad about that Christian. They say bad things about people that receive the Lord, and they don't even know what they're talking about. So even Michael, the number one angel, when he was fighting with another angel about the body of Moses, even he did not say something bad about the devil. Yet, people these days just let it rip and say all kinds of bad things about the Christians, bad things about the pastors, bad things about the church, just bad, bad, and they just spew out. And what he's saying is, filthy dreamers defile the flesh and despise dominion, that's leadership, speak evil of church leadership, other Christians, okay, that they don't know anything about. In other words, be careful what we say, especially when it's about another Christian. Amen? Especially when church leadership. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. I heard it this way. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Abraham Lincoln said, when you throw mud, whether you hit the mark or miss the mark, your hands still get dirty. Someone will email me and say, hey, what do you think of this? And it's some big minister. And I email back and I say, well, Abraham Lincoln said, when you throw mud, whether you hit the mark or miss the mark, your hands still get dirty. A long time ago when Prophecy Club first started, the Lord spoke to my heart and gave me some directives for Prophecy Club, the do's and don'ts, and one of the don'ts was, if they name the name of Jesus, don't attack them. I don't. I'm not a prophet. Now, Leslie is a prophet. Prophets are subject to prophets. So a prophet has the authority to speak correction. Right? I will say it this way. I say that if they are an actual ordained prophet, you're the, this is your area, so I'm kind of speaking to your area. So I'll let you I'll let you clarify that when you get up here. Let's move along. Get me out of trouble. See how I handled that? See? See? That's right. Move along. Okay, let me read that again. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally is brute beasts. So these people that are just letting filth come out of their mouth, they're a brute beast. And those, so next time you can turn to them and say, you know, you're a pretty nice person. Brute beast, in those things they corrupt themselves. So when they let that filth come out of their mouth, actually it dribbles right back all over their soul. Woe unto them, for they've gone the way of Cain 
and ran greedily after the Arab Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Woe unto them. In other words, they are doing something really big and bad and wrong and they don't understand it. That's what the Bible says. For they have gone at the way of Cain. Uh, Okay, who's Cain? Cain? That was the guy that killed his brother. Okay. Ran greedily after the era of Baalim for reward. And what was Baalim? That was a prophet that they were paying the prophet to prophesy bad things against Israel. But you knew that, right? Because you've been reading your Bible a whole bunch. Some, some, some people are shaking their head. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I do read most. Some people not. So if you shake your head, get the Bible open. And perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Okay, what's the story with Kor? Kor was the guy that stood up trying to get everybody to turn against the leader, Moses. So consequently, Moses, the Lord told Moses, says, okay, tell you what. <clears throat> everybody for the Lord over here with me. Everybody for Kor, stand over there. Let's separate. And then what happened? Earthquake. The earth cracked. And literally opened up and all Kor and all of his rebellious people literally, literally fell down in the crack of the earth and the earth closed up over him. Ron White said that he, would, he felt like he'd found the place. So he hired them to come out with a backhoe. Started digging down. Sure enough, he found horse bones, human bones, all in a line. Just like the Bible said. You know, I think what the Bible is saying is we Christians, it's talking to us. It's not talking to the people down the street. They aren't going to hear this. It's talking to us. It's saying, stand, make sure you don't speak evil of the other people. Make sure in your life, because I can't control what you do. I can only control what I do, right? So it's saying, Stan Johnson, make sure that you're watching your mouth. Make sure that you're watching your thoughts. Right? Amen. Right? Okay. It's because it's certainly not talking to you. It's got to be talking to me, right? Amen. <clears throat> this is a little hint. These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's saying that these are the tares. It's saying these are the people that we walk with and talk with all along. He's saying, don't be like them. Okay, so they feast with you. That means they eat with you. They feed themselves without fear. In other words, there's no fear of the Lord. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth. What's that mean? It means all the things that they think that they've done for the Lord has all withered and fallen off their tree. It means that if they do get in, they get in with no reward. Without water carried by winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up from the roots. Now, that's a really big one. What does this mean? Twice dead. How can you be twice dead? What else? Body and soul. Like Lou said, go to hell. In other words, body and soul. What he's saying is Christians... Contend for the faith. Don't fall away. Don't be part of the world. Watch our mouth. Watch our thoughts. Walk around 
in the fear of the Lord. How do we do that? I'm going to say we need to read our Bible more. Carried away with winds. Carried about with winds. Trees whose fruits withereth. He's saying because of their mouth, because of the, the way they're talking about God and talking about his people, they're losing the reward. They're, they're heaping all kinds of curses on themselves. Twice dead, plucked up by the roots. That's, that's pretty serious. Raging waves of the sea. Foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. They're wandering generalities. They're wandering around. They're lost. Have you ever referred to someone, yeah, well, you know, they're lost, meaning that they don't have Jesus. Well, if a person doesn't have Jesus, in my opinion, I think you'll agree, if they don't have Jesus, if they're not humbled themselves and had their eyes open so that they see that he really is the Lord of glory, he really did die on the cross. No one took his life. He laid it down. He rose three days later. He's the only one that's come back from the dead that is still alive. Lazarus came back from dead, but he's uh, now dead again. Jesus is alive. <clears throat> I've been to his tomb. He's not there. I'll assure you. So, when I say they're lost, they really are. People that don't have Jesus, it's like they don't have a path to walk. They're kind of wandering around. Okay, well, I'll do this now, I'll do that tomorrow. And they're, they're, they're a wandering generality. They're bumping in from tree to tree to tree to tree. They don't know where they're going. They really are lost in life. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. And by the way, they did say that. To execute judgment on all and to convince all that are ungodly among them that all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speech of which ungodly sinners have spoken against them, it's all coming home to rest. <clears throat> See, <laughs> okay, pause again. We had a, a couple that had... We're one of the founding members of the Spirit of Prophecy Church here. And for whatever reason, they left for a few years. And they came back recently. And after I was done speaking one Sunday, I went out into the congregation, shake their hand, welcome them. And he pointed to the front where I'd been standing, and he said, that. He said, you can't get that any place. He said, we, my wife and I, have been to all kinds of churches out there over the last several years. We've visited them all. No one has that. He says, I don't mean very few people. He says, I mean no other churches have that kind of understanding. None of them. This is where we need to be. That's what it's saying. People have drifted away. Earnestly contend for the faith. If we don't work to keep our marriage good, you married people know what the rest of that sentence is. Marriage is work. Lou said, and add hard before that. that. (laughs) He said, maybe very before that. So marriage is very hard work. 
especially especially if you have a wife. Now, if you have a husband, huh, you know, then then you know the husband's not that much work, right? Twice dead. <laughs> and by the way, this is the way Christians should be taking this. We should be saying, all right, you know, if, it, if the shoe fits, I'll wear it. But hopefully the shoe doesn't fit on most of this. Hopefully we are reading our Bible. Hopefully we are checking our mouth, checking our thoughts. Hopefully we are doing our best to walk a Christian life. And sometimes we all mess up. These are murmurers, surely not. Complainers, walking after their own lusts. Okay, now wait a minute. What does that mean? We, so last night I was saying, you know, if we we know how to build a church, all we got to do is tell people there's a pre-trib rapture. <laughs> Throw that King James Bible away and get us one of those easy to read kind, you know. That says what you want it to say, right? <laughs> I mean, God didn't write it, but I mean, it's what mankind wants to hear. <laughs> he said the massage. It's the massage version. I never heard that. That's pretty, the massage version of the Bible. The message Bible. Or the, you know. Pre-trib, not the King James Version. Let's just show up and have a good time and love each other and have lots of fellowships and just forget about God and, let you know, do what we want to do. And then we'd have to be in a bigger building and we have a lot, no, we'll have a lot more people. But we wouldn't have you in here, Right? <laughs> the prophet says, "You no, you wouldn't have us in here. No, we like the hard message. Well, you know, it's not that we try to bring a hard message. I'm sorry, would you say the truth is uncomfortable sometimes? See, Spirit of Prophecy Church really is a church for prophecy students. But it's not necessarily just for prophecy students. It's really a church for people that believe that the best Bible is the King James Bible. And the best way to go to heaven is to read it and follow it. Is that so complicated? I I, I tell Leslie a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, when 1998, when we were first called to start a church, I cannot believe it. Me, you know, I ain't called no church, start no church. I ain't doing no sermon. I don't know none of that, you know. I'll skip that story. But anyway, I thought, man, you know, I didn't go to Bible college. I thought, man, that's like a real disadvantage because I didn't go to Bible college. Now looking back, we both agree it's really an advantage because when you go to Bible college, they teach you their doctrines or their beliefs. Well, you know, around here we're pre-trip. We believe in dispensational. I, you know, I. What? I don't understand all those words. I just understand King James. You know, that's the Bible. Murmurs, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouth, speaking great swelling words. <laughs> My Dallas Cowboys are better than your Pennsylvania Eagles. Oh yeah. 
Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Mal speaking, Mal speaking great swelling words, having men's. It's okay to laugh about this stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. It's just that when the shoe starts fitting, I'm gonna leave. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Okay, so here's the call to per- persevere, as in stick. But, beloved, remember ye words which were spoken before the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. What's it saying? We're supposed to expect all this. We're not supposed to fall away. We're not supposed to get down and pressed over all this. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, what? Praying in the Holy Ghost. What's that? Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. So that means we're supposed to sort of be prophecy students, right? Right? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. We're supposed to be looking forward to the in the time when we're past all this. We're into eternity with Jesus. And some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now, all right, hang on, hang on. What is this? And others save with fear. You're just a bunch of fear mongers. You're just trying to scare the people. Well, you might say it this way. I'm trying to scare the hell out of them. That's said in a Christian way, not in a worldly way. In other words, supposed to be trying to scare the sin out of them, scare the world out of them, scare the life of the past so that they'll turn and receive Jesus. Amen? Pulling them out of the fire. It's saying that what uh, the flesh doesn't want, we don't want to go to a church where they're telling us that there's going to be hellfire and damnation if we don't accept Jesus. But the Bible says that's exactly what we need to be hearing. Or did I misunderstand that? See, you people are some of the few that will endure a sound doctrination. Sound doctrine. Now, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of our glory and exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. So he's saying, Judah's essentially saying, we're supposed to expect these kind of things to come, expect to falling away, expect that there's going to be people saying that there's a pre-trib rapture that we're not going to have to go through anything, just forget about all that prophecy stuff. God is just here to bless us. And to bless. As a matter of fact, Leslie's going to get up here and talk about kingdom now next time, or here in the second sermon. And there's so many, I don't know, there's, I don't know a nice way to say it, but they're just cracked. They're just, they're uncracked because they cracked the Bible and started reading it correctly. She'll tell you, they have their own Bible. You know, there's 400 different versions of the Bible. So if you don't like the King James version, just write your own Bible. That's what they did. 
All right, so I added a couple extra verses here because I thought, yeah, I'll probably have some extra time. Malachi 4.1 is what I was led to. Remember, I mentioned Malachi. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. What? Didn't this verse right here, 23, others save for fire pulling them out of the fire? What's the fire? This is the fire. For behold, the day of the Lord cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. What stubble? Well, when they harvested the wheat. Okay, let me start from the beginning. So they, they got a wheat farmer in here. Uh, he's going to bring me some tares so I can show you. Anyway, so they spread this, the, the wheat seed. The wheat comes up. They go out, and this is the old time. They don't do this way in <laughs> big combines. Anyway. They would take some wheat with a sickle, and then they yep. whoosh. So the wheat is standing up, yay, about that tall? How, how tall? Okay about, okay, about that high, about that high. Okay, all right. So they and then they make a sheave out of it, used to anyway. So they got a bunch of it, and then they'd tie a little string around it so it would stand up and dry. That's the way they used to work it. Then when they were done, they would take that sheave, Take it into the threshing floor. Try to imagine what we would say today would be concrete, but in those days it was just hard rocks or something like that. Or throw it on the threshing floor. And then they had what was called a flail. If you watch the Bruce Lee movies, they called them nunchucks. Or it was basically two sticks attached together with a rope. And what they would do is take those sticks and beat that wheat. When they beat it, the stalks and the leaves and the chaff all came off. That was all called stubble. Now, what is chaff? Well, <clears throat> around each one of the wheat kernels are these things that are light as fly wings. It's called, um, I dropped the word, <laughs> chaff. It's called, uh, is it chaff? What is that? Around the Around the... Chaff, it is chaff. Okay, is there a chaff? Get my words right. So all of that comes off, and then they have to separate it. So if the wind is blowing, they just throw all of this up in the air, and all of the chaff, the stalks, the leaves, all of that blows away because the kernels are heavier and they fall straight down. So they throw it up like this. If they don't, then they have to have someone with a big fan. That's fanning as in to blow away all of the wheat in the chaff. Now, what it's saying here is to burn as an oven. I'm hot up here. If you get some more air on me or something here. Burn as an oven. Because that's what it is. I'm, I'm, burn as an oven. I'm talking about all this heat up here. Burn as an oven and all the proud, yea, those that do wickedly shall be stubble. So when the morning star is blown down on the earth, whoo, it hits the earth and it cleanses it of all of the sin. All of the tares. All the do proud, yea, and all those that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day shall come up that they shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. In other words, none of them get away. Finds every one of them. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Now he's talking about the people that did not receive the mark of the beast, but they did not take, they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the nations. 
They are the ones that live for up to a thousand years. They still have children. They're not like us. At that point, we will be in our glorified bodies. We'll never hunger again, thirst again. Never shall the sun light on them, nor any heat for the land, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's us. And they'll grow up with calves as a stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Why would they be ashes? There you go. The morning star hit them. They fall as a standard bearer falls. In other words, just like a wet noodle, like a, a rope. They fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones in a moment. In that day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts, woe to the oppressors. So it says, woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their beds. I thought that was interesting. Is that the only place we can work evil? Well, it seems like it in America, except we've devised ways to do it more than just in the bed. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand, meaning they can do what they want to do. God has given them the power to do what they want to do. <clears throat> they covet fields or they covet things, houses, cars, jobs, people. They covet things. Take them by violence and houses and take them away. So they oppress a man and his house, even a man and his heritage. So, especially for you folks online, if there's anyone that has not received Jesus, let me explain it. Essentially, turn that off for a second. When God made Adam and Eve, he made them perfect without sin. They said you can do anything, you can eat anything, except there's just one rule. This one tree over here, you can't eat of that. Now, a lot of people say, well, why'd God even leave the tree in there for them to do evil? Because he wanted them to have a choice. Well, then the devil comes along and says, has God said that you can eat anything in the garden? Well, yes, except there's just one thing. Well, he said that because if you eat of that tree, your eyes will be open. You will be seeing good from evil. And that part was true. But what he didn't say, but you'll lose the kingdom. And many people, billions and billions of people will die because of it. <clears throat> but he talked Eve into eating it. She talked Adam into even eating it. And when they took that bite and they broke the law of God, you can think of it this way. When they did, sin entered in. And that sin has passed down through the generations. And now before we are even born, we are born into sin. Which is the reason it was the Holy Spirit that hovered over, the Bible says, Mary in order to conceive Jesus. So he was born without sin. Mary was very pure and clean. And then it was Holy Spirit that hovered over her, the Bible says. So he was born without sin. He was raised up without sin. Not one scratch, not one blemish, nothing wrong. He said, no one takes my life, I lay it down. He allowed them to nail him to the cross. Then, three days later, as he had said, he arose. And he lives in our heart today. 
And when you've accepted Jesus, all of a sudden everything changes. You're not lost anymore. It's like you have direction. You know this is the way. Walk ye in it. There's a voice in your heart. I remember specifically that night when I was nine years old on a Sunday night. <coughs> the new church I was going to didn't have a baptistry. So they took me out to Pacific Road Christian Church, Odessa, Texas. I was nine years old. So that would have put me in 1962. Oh, just kidding, I'm not really that old. Or maybe I am. But I recall when I came up, so I didn't think anything special. You know, okay, everybody got baptized, we got a dunk, so okay, it's like fine, I, you know, go up and I'll get. But when I came up out of that water, I was a new person. There was a love, a peace that passes all understanding. No one told me it was coming. It just happened. It was just there in my heart. A peace I'd never felt before in my life. And I thought it would stay with me always. It stayed with me about three days. <clears throat> and I was sad to see when it went. I never told anybody. I didn't know to tell anybody that I was feeling this. We were in Dubai ministering, and we had a little extra time. And we went out to the sand hills and rode a dune buggy. And you did think that he was going to roll the buggy several times. But on the way back, I had an opportunity to witness to the driver. Now, some of these Muslim countries, they will kill you if you start talking to them about another God. So I had to ask him permission. I said, can I talk to you about your God? Sure. I said, I have permission to do that? Sure, yeah. So I began to ask him questions. But <clears throat> the thing that got him, I said, well, being a Muslim, you pray with your forehead touching the carpet five times a day. And you've done that all your life? I said, yes. He didn't even hesitate. Yes. I said, all of that time, have you ever felt the peace of Allah come to your heart? No. I said, well, when a person becomes a Christian, when they ask Jesus to come into their heart, there's a peace that comes into their heart. And I told him about me getting baptized. Peace comes to their heart. They can't explain. They call it the peace that passes all understanding. And I said, you know what? You can have that peace right now driving down the road. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. This Muslim said, Jesus, come into my heart. And this guy's barely able to drive for wiping the tears away as he's driving down the road because it's true. We were in Israel, <clears throat> and there was 28 people on the tour. We were the tour guides. And everybody wanted to be baptized in the Jordan River. I said, okay, who wants to baptize them? We want you to baptize us. Well, that river's cold. <laughs> Doesn't somebody else want to do the baptizing? <laughs> I do the baptizing. So I walked down into the river about this level. You may not understand why I didn't go any deeper. <clears throat> so I thought, all right, I'm going to I'm going to stay in this as few minutes as possible. So I gave them all the talk. We all prayed the prayer. And then the Duncan went fast. Ka-choom, 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 ka 
Pastor, you need to get baptized too. <laughs> I, I, I've been baptized already. I, I just, it's okay. Pastor, you, it's like two of them. Big tall guys. Pastor, you need to get baptized too. All right, fine. Hurry up. Because I'm freezing to death. I mean, probably my legs were turning blue. My lip was chattering. So fine, they dunked me. And when I came up, boom. I was warm. There was that same peace that passes all understanding. Like I'd had back when I was nine years old, it was back. And that's Jesus confirming we've asked the Lord of glory, the creator of heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things that are therein. Ask him into our heart, and all of a sudden, I was a different person. My problems all went away, or at least I felt like. Now, the problems didn't go away, but I felt like. They'd gone away. Everything changed in me. So, <clears throat> how do you get that peace that passes all understanding? There it is. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his begotten son to die. And whosoever would believe in him would not perish or die, but have everlasting life. Boom, it's as simple as that. How do you ask him? Well, first of all, we have to realize we've all sinned. We were born in sin. Secondly... We're saved by grace. It's a gift. No one can earn it. It's not of works. How do you get it? Very simple. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, died on the cross, rose three days later, ask him to come into our heart, and that peace that passes all understanding comes into our heart. Then we know. Just that quick. We're saved. Different person. Amen? Shake your head if you know what I'm talking about. So, I'm going to pray a really, really simple prayer. I can pray in a long one. But at the end of the day, all you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. So, let's bow our heads really short, really quick. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, ask you to forgive my sins, ask Jesus to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, send us an email. Send us an email to that email there. Now, since we've concluded that part, let me jump to this. A lot of folks watch us online. So if you have not already subscribed to us, Why subscribe? Well, one is that the algorithm tells it to send it out to more people. This is good stuff. Send it to more people. Also, you join Prophecy Club, $9.90 a month for automatic monthly payment. Wait a minute. I thought this Spirit of Prophecy Church. Yes, but it's all kind of melded together. One helps the other. Also, by subscribing and becoming a member, it helps you to share in the souls that God is going to give this ministry. And you can become a minister by going down to the left side where it says become a member, ministry member, left side, about three quarters of the way down, click on that, and you can go in and sign up and become a minister. You can also give Spirit of Prophecy Church.
Just act like you're going to take a picture of that with your cell phone. A little yellow box draw, draws around it. Touch the yellow box, and boom, you're able to give a donation. And you can like, share, and subscribe. Lord, we ask you to send this message out to more people, that everyone that watches this would ask Jesus into their heart to feel that peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're happy that you joined us today. If you missed the 930 service, you need to go back and watch that. Uh, Pastor Stan had the message. I'll be bringing the 1030 message today and finishing up about Kingdom Now theology. Um, Anyway, I'm so happy that you're joining us online. I, I hope those that live in the Plano, Allen, Frisco, Dallas area, you'll be coming, come here and be a part of our church. You know, some of you need to walk out of the churches that you're in because they're not teaching correct things, and we try to do our best. Nobody's perfect. There's not a perfect church. But the thing is, we pray that God keeps us teachable here, uh, that he keeps us to hearing his voice. And when, we've, when we've, uh, we've made errors or made mistakes, we let you know. But I do hope and pray that if you need to leave, this is a home for you. Come be welcome in our home. Uh, we'd love to have you join us uh, every Sunday. Also join Stan on uh, Bible Prophecy. Uh, well, actually, you don't even just teach Bible Prophecy in the Bible, right? And that, so he does the Bible study uh, 6.30 to 7.30 every Friday. You can find that on different ways, uh, like Prophecy Club, Facebook, all the, all the platforms. You can find that. We do start church service at 9.30 because we are a training and equipping church. But also, there's great messages that come out at 9.30. If you're missing those, you're missing a big part of church. So it's not just a 10.30 service where it's praise and worship, but also the 9.30 service. And really, the 9.30 to 10.15, they actually usually have longer time to speak than those that, than Pastor Stan or Pastor Lou or Jonathan or whoever's up here, myself even, at the 10.30 service. So it's, it's some teaching, it's some good information, so we pray and hope that you'll join us in at 9.30 every Sunday. But more than that, we'd love for you to come and be a part here, physically here. It's different from watching online than when you're physically in the church. So come, uh, if you need healing, you know, I pray for healing today for you, and we just, we just ask that you be blessed in the name of Jesus. Uh, is there any other announcements I need to make sure on in my mind? It's kind of blank. I think I'm good. Um, actually, here in a little bit, we'll be praying for tomorrow and I. We're about to go to Singapore and Malaysia. We leave Wednesday. We are excited to go do God's work over there. I uh, pray that those especially watching online that you support us. You can send in your donation and put just for missions or Leslie or Singapore, whatever your, you know, triggers your mind to do so, and give generously for that. It's, we are a mission, trip, mission church, too. And so um, we like to sow into God's kingdom all around the globe, right? All around. All right, let's stand. Let's get our service going this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come here and just earnestly just praise your holy name. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. The Trinity, we believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost here in this church. We ask that you lead and guide us and direct us to all truth and show us your truth of your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's any sick that are here in the church or watching us online, we ask that you heal them right now. 
You are the great physician. You are the miracle God. You are the God that heals. And we speak to that spirit of infirmity, and we command it to leave now in Jesus' name. That's what you said in your word. It just you loosed it off. And so we loose it off them right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for your divine presence, your divine healing. And, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for healing Dan Catlin, Lord. He's been a great supporter and minister of the gospel, a longtime friend of Stan's, and you did a miracle this week in him. He was dying. He called us, and within moments of us praying, Lord, it's because of your touch, Lord, he was healed. We thank you for that. We, give, we thank you for miracles in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we just ask again for your service to be anointed. The words that I speak will be anointed. The praise and worship will be anointed. And that we can usher in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. How are we today? Good to see all these pretty smiling faces. Amen. All right, it's time for offering. Um, If you would, please, we do the prophetic act of bringing your tithes to the storehouse. So we do have two offerings. Pastor Lou will mention the missions. Uh, The purple, the left side, is going to be for the church. And then the the right, the blue, is going to be for the missions. You have anything you'd like to add? Come up here to Warrior Ladies from Spirit of Prophecy Church. Leslie and Tamara are going to Singapore, and this is where you can support them. And I encourage you because they're leaving Tuesday, right? Wednesday. Wednesday. They leave Wednesday. And so it takes a lot of money to go there halfway around the world. And so you can sow into that and be partakers in the blessings that they're going to receive from winning souls and casting out demons and breaking curses and seeing people healed and miracles. Mm -hmm. They see lots of miracles, and you get to be a partaker. So, And and we're also going to be training and and, um, equipping pastors from even from India as we go to Singapore and Malaysia. Um, So, you know, please, you know, support what we're doing. Also, I'm going to say please pray. Her name is Tamora, right? Okay, so you want to spell your name? T-A-M-O-R-A. There you go. <laughs> T-A-M-O-R-A. Remember that. Give me a T. Yeah, give me a T. <laughs> it's like tomorrow, but it's tomorrow. <laughs> uh, pray that she's on the same flights as me uh, because she's a flight attendant and she's using, I forget what it's My called. My benefits. 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 I don't have any. She has the benefits. No, but you have a husband. I, <laughs> I have a husband. So, anyway, uh, pray that uh, she gets on the same flights as I because she has to go standby. Mm-hmm. And it looks good right now, right? It does. It does. looks very good. Yeah, very good. good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, we just pray that it keeps staying open so that we can, you know, go and be on the same flight and get off on the same flight and be on the next flight yep. and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we buzz. All right. Well, I guess we can pray for the offering. Can someone pick it up? One of the kids. <laughs> the young bird. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> And then we're going to pray for, for tomorrow night. T-A-M-O-R-A. <laughs> Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to give back unto you. It is truly a privilege to be a son or a daughter of you. And to be able to give and to speak multiplication over that, to see your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth. 
What a privilege and an honor. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that the people are givers here, and even online. We ask you to bless them back 30, 60, 100 fold. It was given with love and cheer. My Bible. We're blessing back with love and cheer. Multiply it to them 30, 60, 100 fold. And, Lord, I just pray a 61, Isaiah 61 anointing over you two on your mission that you will raise the dead, cast out devils, do the things that Jesus did, cleanse the lepers, blind eyes open, lame shall walk, and those things, Lord. Lucy anointed upon my sisters. Let them come back with victory and protect everyone while they're gone and while they're there. And even after they come back, that no harm or danger will befall them or their household. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore... Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you all the way even to the end of the world. <laughs> you heard it too, didn't you? Lord, these are our two ambassadors. They are our hands, our prayers that we send out into the mission field. We ask you, not about money. You own all the cattle and all the hills, all the gold and silver is yours. We know you'll provide all the funds. What we really want is for your anointing, your spirit, your power to go with them. And that they will automatically know the footsteps that they are to take, the words to say, the hands to lay on, exactly everything you want done because they are walking in your shoes. They're doing what you commanded them to do, to go and to teach all the nations. Lord, we anoint them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we send them with your name and with your power. We send them with your anointing, that they would hear your voice. You would be that voice behind them speaking, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. That you would provide a bright path for them to walk, be a lamp into their feet and light into their path and show them everything to do. And that they would see signs wonders, miracles, so much so that people would beg them to stay or and to come back again because they knew that the Spirit of the Lord was with them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Sharonda has something. Tamara, this prayer is for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I just humbly come before your throne room and we just want to bless Tamara that she's come to this church and she's come with welcoming arms and willing to learn. I just would ask for increase in her discernment, Lord, um, as this is her first trip with Leslie alone. I know that she will do great, but her discernment to know when, where, and what to do, when to step in, when to protect Leslie. We also just speak that she moves up another level with you today, Lord, as she goes on to this trip, that she will be able to know that she loves missions and she wants to go on to all the missions, as I do know that that's on her heart, Lord, that she wants to go out to the world and speak and help give your word. We also just ask for an increase in um, sorry, I forgot what it was called. Anointing. Anointing, Lord, for her as well that she, when she prays over mm-hmm. Leslie each day before she speaks, that the anointing is just twice as strong for Leslie that she can give the word that you need to give. And also for my mother, my best friend, Lord. They just pray. Just pray for her. 
We know that this is her calling. We know that this is on her heart. Just let her come back stronger than she is. Let her go strong. Let there be no curses, no attacks on either of these people, either of their families, anybody in this church. We do know that the devil is going to try to come in, but we rebuke and remove all of those attacks now in Jesus' name, Lord. We are not going to allow anybody to come in, especially Satan, to destroy this. They're going out to do the work for you, Lord, and they will come back strong, blessed, and even ten times better, multiple levels raised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I have so I see, uh, Leslie, the race field is around, huge. And, and I can see the tracks you've been running. And, I, and then now I see where you're starting again. And the, what I sense is the anointing is going to be more powerful than you experienced before because you accumulated by your obedience. And it, as you run this race, as you go there, and you're going to experience a lot more power, a lot more anointing to break the yoke of those people. And you're going to accomplish a lot in the spirit, and it's going to be done in quickly. Amen. It will be done quick and precisely. Thank you, Lord. That's what I saw. That's what Amen. I heard. Amen. So be it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Um, and so, does someone else have something? Uh, tomorrow, as soon as she said, um, that you go up another level, I mean, it fell on me. And um, that's why I squeezed your hand because, I mean, it's going to be a big leap, a big leap. And because, again, because of your obedience, because you're willing to step in, you're willing to step in and do the Lord's work like this, but not just, you know, for him calling you, but for you to be an armor bearer for the person that you're going with, um, which is not an easy task. I'll be as sweet and kind and wonderful as I can be, <laughs> but, um, you know, but under the anointing, this is just a different, totally different person. And so I know, um, you've already seen me in Honduras and I, and you, you know, I did, I've never felt any kind of judgment against me at all. And I, I, for you to say, I'll go, I was like, okay, <laughs> pray for her, Deronda. <laughs> but I, I saw, I saw you like a big leap, but it's like you landed on like several steps up a ladder, not when you took the leap. And so I just want you to know the Lord is with you on this. And I really believe we're going to be the same flights. Everything is going to be just working out wonderful and we're going to have a good time and we're a good time in the Lord. Yes. Okay, and uh, I will speak over you what yes. I just saw. It's not Elisha. You're not Elisha, but I just saw Elijah and Elisha the, as the faithfulness of Elisha following Elijah. Amen. Okay, so I'm not calling double anointing here, but I see the faithfulness and your heart as a peer to serve, and as you serve, you grow. Yes. And as I, I confirm what her saying and conform what her saying is a, the, the leap of a faith mm -hmm. and leap of anointing. Yes. It will come up on you. And as you walk in obedience to spending your money and time and all this thing, it's not just a venture, but it's the Lord's work. Yes. So you're establishing your place in the kingdom mm -hmm. and you, not kingdom theory. And, the, the, oh, and, no. and also in the spirit. Okay, because as you're obedient to the Lord for your calling in the spirit realm, okay, you're establishing your territory mm -hmm. and your realm. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and you call. So it's establishing up there as you walking it out. So don't underestimate what you're doing is big, okay? And so as, as your obedience, the Lord will bless you more in the spiritually, naturally, physically, and financially. Mm -hmm. So I bless you in the Lord Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I read that answer. <laughs> and uh, so if you didn't sign up to be praying for us while we're going and you still would like to, uh, just send an email at contact at spiritprophecychurch.com and we'll get it to the person who is heading that up. She'll need your name and phone number and email. Uh, so if you have, if you're not signed up to do that, just send it to that information and we'll get you on the list also. We need people to, to pray every day, but also to fast or at least fast somehow. Everybody can do some kind of fast, right? Fast TV at least, whatever. Or, you know, dessert Lou. No. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. God bless you guys. Thank you. Good morning again. Man. Uh, we ready for some praise and worship today? Would we like to stand up and do so? We got some praise shields in the back there. Got my dancers coming up front here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ready? All right, let's get started this morning. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. All the time, He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time through the darkest night his light will shine oh God is good you ready to clap God is good all the time All the time, he put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, his light will shine. God is good. Oh, God is good all the time. If you're walking through the valley and there's shadows all around, fear. He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. He has promised to never leave you or forsake you. For his word is true. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time darkest night his light will shine God is good God is good all the time we were sinners and so unworthy still for us he chose to die filled us with his Holy Spirit 
Now we can stand and testify that His love is everlasting and His mercies, they will never end. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time through the darkest night. His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Though I may not understand all the plans you have for me, my life is in your hands. And through the eyes of faith, I can clearly see God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. Oh, God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Let's do some dancing. God is good all the time. We put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. God is good. He's so good. God is good. He's so good all the time.
stand and lift up our hands. Get them up today. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Come on. All together, corporate today. Holy is the Lord. God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength we bow down and worship him now how great how awesome is he and together we sing hallelujah everyone sing how we praise Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. It's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And together we sing.
the splendor of a king clothed in majesty and all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God that dreamed in one, our Father's See 
how great, how great is our God. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Who is this King of glory? Beautiful and matchless one. Hallelujah. Who is this king so holy? Every knee will bow at his throne. Oh, Jesus, the Lamb of God, our Savior. of our praise forever you alone are seated on the throne of heaven glorify we glorify you the key. 
for you alone are worthy of our praise forever. You alone are seated on the throne of heaven, glorified, glorified, you alone, for you Thank you, Lord. The Paul, you can stand. You can stand up. I'm getting some nudge from Holy Spirit about you, so I want to speak the word for you, over you, for you, for Holy Spirit, not me, right? So, <clears throat> thank you. So I, I, I feel like Lord is saying to me about you is He loves your heart. He loves your heart because your heart is like childlike. So what you learn from the, this pulpit in your Bible, you take that into your heart. And you want to make a change. You want to please God. So he sees that pure heart, and he loves it. So what I'm hearing is like childlike heart. That's a pure. Okay? You're not pretending anything. You struggle with some stuff, but who doesn't? But he wants you to know he's very pleased with you. You came a long way, and he's going to take you a long way too. Because he does call you to be a minister in his time. But he doesn't want you to be shamed. He doesn't want you to keep uh, locking yourself down. Because he who called you lifted you up through the, his power and his Holy Spirit. So he wants you to raise up from where you're at because he's behind you, he's front of you, he's each side all the way around you. You are never alone. Even though you seems like you think you are alone, he never, never leave you. He's right there with you. He wants you to be encouraged through him and by him through his word. So look at yourself and be proud because you are men of God who are called to be his minister. He wants to use you. So he's going to help you to get through the obstacle you're walking in or walking, walking around, okay? So ask me, he says, ask me. This is what Holy Spirit is saying, ask me, Paul. What are you struggling? I already know. But when you ask me, I'm going to help you. And you're going to walk it out step by step through his power and his leading because you cannot do on your own. So what he's saying is, ask me, be a partner with me because I am with you 
And he's going to help you to walk it out. And before you know, yeah, before you know, you know he is with you. And you'll be started recognizing his voice because you're talking to him all the time. So when you talk to somebody for a long time, you recognize the voice. So he wants you to come to him more often, more close. He wants more close relationship with you. But number one thing, what he wants you to know, don't doubt, don't lock yourself down because you are a man of God. So be encouraged. Be encouraged because he loves you and he's with you, he's for you, and he's helping you, but he wants to have a closer relationship with you. I can you receive that? Yeah, are you going to do that? Okay. I have awesome. a prophetic act for you. Step here, Sudi. Come up here, please. Okay, turn around. Okay, you can get in the middle of this. Middle of two prophets. <laughs> so I want you to take this mirror, and I want you to look at it, and I want you to repeat after me. This is what you're going to do until you believe it. Okay? okay? <laughs> when you're brushing your teeth or something, washing your face, whatever. So I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. That was kind of lame, don't y'all think? Okay. Is that too big? There we go. Okay. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Okay, that's better. I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. I'm pure of heart. I'm pure in heart. I am a minister of the Lord. I'm a minister of the Lord. I will do his work. I will do his work. I'm delivered. I'm delivered. I'm set free. I'm set free. I will not go back to the devil's way. I will not go back to the devil's way. But I'll continue to go God's way. And I will continue to go in God's way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I believe it. And I believe it. And I concur with myself. Concur with myself. And I concur with myself. It is so. It is so. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to, okay, question him next Sunday if he really did that. Okay? It's your Simon. <laughs> For a month, the whole month of February, then we'll see if you have to continue. Every time you look at yourself in the mirror in the bathroom, every time you see in your reflection in the windows, every, sense, every time the Holy Spirit reminds you of this, you're going to declare it. Yes. And you're going to walk it out. You are the victor because Amen. Jesus already finished the work. Yeah, sometimes we have to be our own cheerleaders, right? Yeah. Rah, rah, ree. Kick them in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> I better not say the rest of it. Yeah, but Holy Spirit, don't forget, Holy Spirit, the Lord loves your heart. Because he says your heart is like childlike, pure. What you hear from the pulpit and the Bible, and you believe it, and you work yeah. at it. Yeah. And he wants you, he want to help you, and he wants you to ask him. Okay. Do you know how many times I had to do that kind of thing? Oh. A lot, for many years. Do you know how many times my hairbrush was my microphone? <laughs> do you know how many stuffed animals I had prophesied to? How many chickens, Zinni? <laughs> a lot. I, you know, we are supposed to practice. We're supposed to believe it, and we're supposed to do it. 
We're not supposed to try. T-R-Y does not get you anywhere. But doing it does. Just do it. I wish I had coined that phrase instead of somebody else out there. Right? Right. So just do it, yeah. Paul. Be encouraged. Are you encouraged? Yes, I am. Okay. I mean, the Lord loves you. That's yeah. why he's having you to do this, and he wants to use you mightily. So praise God. Don't we, want to, we want to... Paul to be used mightily awesome. All right, uh, put on your seatbelts. I'm about to take off. The plane's about to take off. I need to remote. Yeah, we're going to go the speed of light. <laughs> you know, I noticed that I've been getting more gray hair and wrinkles, but not with her. Only my hairdresser knows for sure. <laughs> Not even you. I guess God knows, but other than, other than God and my hairdresser, you don't even know. Matter of fact, I don't even know. <laughs> and I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm 67 today. Actually, yesterday. You know, they say to turn the numbers around. Well, that doesn't quite work with 67, so... Okay. I'll say 67 is good, right? I won't say I'm 76 now. Unless y'all want to say, you're 76. Wow, you look good for your age. And that will be the truth. Well, how about 67? Do I look good for my age? Yes, okay there, Kenji, okay. All right. So yesterday morning was her birthday, and I said, honey, you look really good for 65. He didn't even know my age. But, you know, he is a lot older than me, so. He was doing that on purpose. <laughs> now I'm going to say, honey, you look really good for 70. No! <laughs> you might get kicked. <laughs> no, it's all right. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask for your anointing. And the truth be, we didn't gather here to hear from Stan or Leslie, anyone else, we gathered here this morning to receive a touch from you. We ask your Holy Spirit to come into the room and touch every one of us. That's what we really need. That's what we really come for. And Lord, it is our heart to know and to do your will perfectly. We all make mistakes, and we know you sent prophets among us to point out those mistakes, not to hurt and criticize, but to so that we can get closer to you. Lord, you put on this prophet's heart about how kingdom now and dominionism is so wrong as you have 15 other DVDs. Now there's another one to add to it. And hopefully people that believe in this era of kingdom now and dominionism, hopefully they will hear this, listen and repent and turn from this wickedness, the deception of the Bible. So Lord, I ask you to fill her heart and her mouth with your words, your fire, and help us to be able to hear and to walk a closer walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, babe. Forty-one years on the 14th. I know. I made it. (laughs) I should say he made it. (laughs) Um, You know, unlike Stan... um, I have actually a mandate from God, and I don't believe every prophet has this mandate. I'll just tell you right now. But um, I will 
I will say the names and I will kick you know what because it's not for you so much to know the names. I'm just, I pray that one day they'll see me say their name and what I just said and reveal the truth to them and they repent from their wicked ways. And they'll repent from speaking lies to the people out there just to get another buck in their pocket. So I will speak the truth and I will speak names. And so you'll just have to love me for it. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. But I, I don't think we're, I, but for me anyway, I'm, I'm supposed to reveal what God has shown me. And so that's, that's the best I can do right now. But there are false prophets. There are false apostles out there, as we know. And as the day goes on in this, this lifetime that we live in right now, we know we're going to see more and more false teachers, false apostles, false prophets out there. Many of them have joined with the Kingdom Now theology, the, the new, new apostolic reformation, and so forth. Now, this is one person that I have a big problem with, Rick Joyner. Um, I really, they call him an apostle. They don't just call him a prophet. They call him an apostle, but he's definitely with the NAR. He's one of the big movements, big ones with the movement there. And he's become a member of the Knights of Malta. You may not know much about it, but there's actually three different sects of the Knights of Malta. So he'll try to tell you that he's not in one that's that, not that bad. All right. Well, I guess you can say you're with, uh, you know, those other secret societies and say, oh, well, I'm not one that's that bad. But he's still with the Knights of Malta, and they still have to take an obedience to the Pope. They still have to. Now, as a Christian, we don't do that. We take obedience to Jesus Christ. That's our God, not the Pope. And they're required to support them, him or whoever until the death. Um, so I'm, there's a, such a loyalty to with the Pope and the, the Catholic um, Church out there. Uh, matter of fact, many of the, even the Pope and the others, are, they're all working together. And that's why I have such a problem. There is a military religious order of the Catholic Church. They're called Jesuits, if you haven't heard of those. And they make all these vows, and they, they also have great obedience to whoever the Pope is. Now, some of the famous Knights of Malta, the members are, and the reason I'm showing you this is because these are the people they want in the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, okay? So all these people are very big with not only the, the Knights of Malta, but also with the NAR. Uh, both Bushes, uh, Clinton, uh, Kennedy, Kissinger, so forth. I can't move it. Uh, Reagan was, uh, Rockefeller's, I think we, that's not a surprise. Uh, Frank Sinatra, Nelson Mandela, that's not a surprise. And these are just a few of the names. I can't move it again. Now, this Chuck Pierce, I know that many Christians and they, many in the charismatic realm, they follow this, this guy. Um, I don't. And as a matter of fact, I don't care if he has, 90% 90% right in accuracy, but he has 10% that's wrong, I kick it out. Stan's a little more lenient than I am. I just kick it out. I'm like, no, I know what your really beliefs are. I know where you're going with this. I know that you're not only trying to bring in the new world order, but also the new world religious order and everything else. So the he wrote the future war of the church, how we can defeat lawlessness and bring God's uh, order to the earth. Oh, yeah, that's really going to happen. That ain't going to happen. That's not what the scriptures, scriptures say. But he said the church, yeah, especially here in America, we Christians are so great and so righteous before God and so holy before God, why we're going to be able to end the violence. Do you see that happening? 
We're going to be able to end the violence, the immorality, bring peace to the earth. The church is to submit to their, their modern apostles and the prophets. They want you to submit to their, you get that? Their modern apostles and prophets. They mainly are these New Testament type of prophets where they can just, if they make a mistake, they can just, eh, so well, oh well, I just missed it. You know, if, if I tell Stan all the time, I said, if they are saying dates and mates, those kinds of things, those kinds of things, God's holding them accountable. That's why when I say if you prophesy, you should never name a mate. You should never name a date because God tarries. Now, I would call you a false prophet if you do that kind of thing and you miss it because I believe that God's punishment is going to come back on you. So I'm just saying they are more the New Testament type of prophets. Uh, they don't adhere to much of the of the Old, Te- Old Testament type prophets, although there's some things in the Old Testament they, they want to keep. Like I spoke last time about the Levitical laws, and if they commit this and that, then they should be put to death. But we'll see if they really do that kind of thing. <clears throat> uh, we will rule the world, the, the earth, people. Just want you to know, church, you're so righteous and so holy. You're going to rule the world. We're going to overcome this government with all the the Christians that we want to be in, the, in charge and, and and they'll be running and over, overcoming all, all the other governments out there because, again, America is so righteous. Not. I would like to think that my country is, but the more I see every day, the more disappointed I get. Anyway, they're going to say they can command the others to come in line with the word. I, so can you go get Sharonda? I don't know why it keeps, me, it keeps messing up. So uh, false prophets, they do deceive. And many will be offended, betray, and hate one another. We know that's coming, right? Lawlessness is going to increase. And also, his description, this person I just spoke of, in the last days it says it's actually opposite of what the word of the Lord says. His book says that we're going to defeat the lawlessness. I can't move it. I can't move it. The scriptures say in Matthew 24, 7 through 12, the nation's going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. It's true what the word says? Okay, this is toward the end, right? I mean, we're already seeing this start happening right now. Uh, many are going to be offended. Many are going to betray each other. They're going to be hating one another. They're going to be turning you in as if you don't agree with them. If you don't follow their their prophets and their apostles, then they're going to turn you in because you're not believing what they're believing. I'm telling you, this is coming. Anyway, I can't move it. Okay, I can, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. All right, Peter Wagner. Um... I believe he's gone on to be with the Lord now. I pray he's there. He named the name of Jesus. Prayerfully he is. But he was, he was, um, had some, a lot of false teachings that he did. But he was one of the main leaders of the New Apostolic Reformation. Um, he was the founder of the International Coalition of Apostles and Presidents of Global Harvest Ministries in Colorado Springs. Um, when they, he says, when you submit to their apostles, 
then the government's going to be in place to receive the power of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the cities, which will lead to social transformation on a worldwide scale. This was in his book. You know, we have to be careful what we're saying. I would love to, to just name it, claim it, say all these wonderful things and believe it. I would. I'd like to say, you know, be all flesh and warm and fuzzy and just get under my warm blanket and go, oh, there's just peace on earth. Right? I'd love to say that. I'd love to feel all the warm fuzzies that so many of them are just in false, false teachings. That are under false teachings. So they walk in and there's the Shekinah there and they just have this, you know, goosebumps. They think it's the Holy Spirit and it's a lie. Lying signs and wonders. So let's watch this video. They represent an apostolic network called Revival Alliance. Notice that the apostles in Jerusalem perceived the grace that God had given to Paul. The word grace is charis, the root of charisma, meaning spiritual gift or gifts. In Paul's case, it was the gift mix necessary to carry the gospel to Gentiles. In Todd's case, it is the gift mix necessary to lead the Lakeland outpouring. He's talking about Todd Bentley. I have a question for the three apostles. Do you perceive the grace of God given to Todd Bentley as an evangelist to lead the Lakeland outpouring? I have a question for Todd Bentley. Do you recognize the apostolic Watch authority the of these three men in your life and ministry? And do you desire to establish an apostolic alignment with them and with Revival Alliance? With this affirmation, we will move to a formal commissioning equivalent to offering the right hand of fellowship as the three apostles did to Paul in Jerusalem. This commissioning represents a powerful spiritual transaction taking place in the invisible world. With this in mind, I take the apostolic authority that God has given me, and I decree to Todd Bentley, your power will increase. Your authority will increase. Your favor will increase. Your influence will increase. Your revelation will increase. I also decree that a new supernatural strength will flow through this ministry. A new life force will penetrate this move of God. Government will be established to set things in their proper order. God will pour out a higher level of discernment to distinguish truth from error. New relationships will surface to open the gates for the future. They did not say in Jesus' name, and also, if you notice, there's a kundalini spirit all over this guy, and so if you don't understand about the kundalini, get my book called A Snake in the House. That's an advertisement. Go to prophecyclub.com or go to traintheprophets.com and order that book, or come to Spirit of Prophecy Church. We have some here. 
But I'm just letting you know that there that he talked about there'll be new relationships for him. Well, yeah, let's find out in just a minute what that is, what one of the new relationships were. But I'm just telling you that they, this is the prophet they, they want you to follow. This is the prophet, okay? Now, Wagner and Joyner, Joyner anointed and prophesied over Todd Bentley. Then the truth regarding his adultery was exposed. Uh, shortly after that, he divorced his wife. So, yeah, he had new relationship. Okay, that was a little joke, but not really. Um, however, remember I talked last week about how they believe that if you commit adultery, that you should be put to death. Well, they didn't put him to death. I guess he's above all, right? But, I mean, because he's supposed to be a little god anyway. Um, also, Rick Joyner with Bill Johnson, they reinstate Todd Bentley. And I'm all for asking forgiveness, you know, when there's been a true repentance I get it. I understand. A reconciliation, reinstatement, I'm not against that, right? But I am against this guy because he's teaching such falsehood. And I'm also saying if you ever went to the Lakeland Revival, you need to repent now. You need to ask forgiveness because chances are you have a kundalini spirit on you that operates in you too. And so some of you even need to get deliverance from it. But he restores Todd Bentley back into the ministry after his adulterous affair and his divorce. I mean, I, I'm all for it, the, you know, reconciliation. I'm all for reinstatement to God's work. I'm all for that. But there is a time and place that that person should not be put back into ministry. And I believe that he was not supposed to be put back in ministry. I think that they had their opportunity to say, you're out of here. Now, notice this. There's a upside Jesus when he raises his hand. He could have put this face of Jesus, anywhere else on his body. But we're going to talk about this. Now, Satanists, they practice a reverse magic. They also black mask uh, around things when they, it's a technique that means they're under the influence of demonic powers. Uh, it's called dark magic. And there's a death mask of Jesus Christ, as you can see. And when everyone in the church raises their hands towards heaven, when he raises his hands, then Jesus is hanging upside down. The upside down is an occultic symbol. A specialized kind of death curse is called a death mask, interpreted to mean from life to death. They do necromancy. Okay, they call on the dead. That's how they get their visualizations. That's how they get their apparitions. That's how they get their, their dreams and visions from God. It's all visualization. It's, that's one part of it. But they, they necromance. They speak to the dead to get their whatever information that they want to deliver. That's why, yeah, divination, that's why there's truth mixed within a lot of false, and you've got to be able to discern. Uh, the rose with a skull in the center has the caption to die is the game. Again, it's about necromancing. It's not about carrying your cross and dying to your flesh, okay? It's a pagan symbol. It's more properly interpreted to mean from life to death um, as under the earth or so be it. I guess it's like above the earth and down below. Turn, turn, turn on your uh, microphone. Where the rose with the cross is. Is that on his neck? I'll see. He, it's on his neck. We'll see that here next. Here, just a minute. <laughs> it's on here. One of them. Uh, there's a cross that you can tell it, when you, if you go online, you can see it better. But it was made of rotten wood. And then there's also a V sign, which is uh, stands for the horn god of witchcraft, Baphomet, goat god, that kind of thing. Opposite of what God is, right? Um, and then there's a chalice. Uh, it's a goblet that's used in satanic ceremonies. 
And by the way, I'm not going to do a talk today on um, tattoos. But I will say this. If you have tattoos, don't get any more because it is an addiction. And the reason I can say this is I, my sister, Lori, she's gone on to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. She had tattoos, and she could not get enough, could not get enough. It's, 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 it's addictive, and it's very, it's a, it's, it's, it opens the door for the demonic attacks. And I'm just saying, if you, have, if you have them, so be it. Pray over them. Anoint them with oil. I mean, that's the best you can do, but don't get any more. You had to fight. You had to fight that battle. You have to, it's just like alcohol or some other kind of drug. You have to fight it. You have to fight it to say, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. All right, okay, I didn't have, let me see if I can back up to the rose better. Okay, I don't have there. Okay. Um, it is a rose right there. It, you have to go online, but it's not very clear right now. Um, okay, Bill Hammond. I'm sure you've heard of this name. He teaches a lot of them how to prophesy, Okay. Uh, he's the father of the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation. And so that's why, mm, Leslie, do I say this? Okay. That's okay, Sam. I got this. I'm just trying to see if I want to go this direction or not. I'm going to name names. He doesn't name names. I do. <laughs> um, but he, uh, I mean, I have to. I have to for what I do. I'm not saying everybody else is supposed to do this. I just know that I have to. I, I'm taking it right off of what they say. What do they do? That's why I show you the videos of what I show you. It's not just my my words. You're seeing it for yourself. Okay? You're seeing all those tattoos for yourself. Okay? I am not just saying this. But but uh, I believe one of the things I'm kind of against on um, teaching people how to prophesy and making them all prophets, see, that's what they're doing. You go to a three-day seminar or whatever, however long it is, by the time you get done with it, you're like, you're a prophet. No, just because you can prophesy does not mean you're a prophet. As a matter of fact, to me, it's, we're, we're all supposed to prophesy. Yes, that's what the scriptures say. But it's, it's not as important as all the, to me, many of the other gifts. It just really isn't. Prophesy means you encourage, edify, you build up somebody. All right, so he was the father of the apostolic reformation. Now, this is the part that I want you to hear. He says that the signs and wonders... The prophets that will come to fear Jehovah God upon the people, causing the whole nations, all nations, to turn to God. This is what they're doing. They're sending in these lying signs and wonders. They're calling on the Shekinah, which is actually a fallen angel. If you don't have that information, go to Prophecy Club. Watch Prophecy Club. You'll see it there. Or you can go to Train the Prophets. I have all this information. I have documented this, this information. But they're calling on the false, false gods, the lying signs of wonders, and you need to not believe it. Um, need to not believe the pink-haired lady or someone that, you know, maybe they have like a, you know, I don't know, a name like Celestial. I don't know, something like that. Okay, she might say, well, you know, there's uh, judgments coming. Might have hit the hammer on the head with you a couple of times, but that doesn't mean they hear from God, Okay. Uh, get my book, Shekinah's Not Right. Uh, watch and subscribe to Train the Prophets, the YouTube channel, or order the books from there in the church from prophetsclub.com. Um, Jonathan, will you go back and find my, my DVDs on Air in the Church? 
They teach that Satan will lose his grip over the world. Why, they, you know, they bind him and they put him to hell all the time. Mm. All those demons. You know, the scriptures say they lose them to command them to go. Commanded them to go, get them out. We don't have authority to say, you have going to be in everlasting chains. You know, this, this has become an advertisement. I don't mean to. But this is going to be like, get my book, help me, I'm all tied up. It's a little thin book. Just it's a, it's a beginner's guide to deliverance, but it'll help kind of get you started in the right direction. Um, but I'm just saying that, you know, they're teaching people the wrong thing. This is where a lot of the teaching came out about um, to bind, you know, the devil. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to loose it, get it out. All right, so I have... So you can go on uh, the Prophecy Club and you can get this DVD set. It's on 16 topics about... There's 15 DVDs in here on the air of the church. I encourage you to get that because it talks about mysticism, kundalini, shekinah, uh, seeker-friendly, hyper-grace, uh, the truth about Shekinah glory. You know, maybe I'll bring something in about, okay, there's Chris Lom, and also there's mysticism in the Hebrew Roots Movement, too. Each DVD is two and a half hours. Yes, man. Okay. If you ever never made a presentation to make a DVD, and every one of mine are like two and a half hours long, Get this, I was doing, making PowerPoints for 10 DVDs all at the same time. That was challenging. Leslie couldn't do it. With God, I did. Amen. Because they're apostles and prophets, they cast out demons that rule the cities and the nations. I really would love to see that. In Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm a prayer warrior. I tear down strongholds. I command them to go. I, I pray for people for healing. I command that spirit of infirmity to go. But sometimes if the person picks it right back up, they pick it back up. They pick the demons back up. Not my responsibility. Okay? I'm just saying that we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to fight that battle. But don't think just because you have the authority to just send them to the everlasting darkness or pits of hell or pit of hell or whatever. You don't. You don't have that authority. I mean, I don't like it either, but Satan still is the god of this world. I don't like it either. He's the prince of the world. Now, what does the King James Bible teach? Because this is something that we adhere to at this church. Uh, we, I mean, they're trying to dumb you down. They're trying to say you're not smart enough to read the King James Bible. That's why they keep coming out with all these other versions of the Bible. Because it's going to be easier to read, easier for you to understand. It's easier for you to get grasp what they're trying to teach you. That's what it is. I know that there were some major scriptures in the NIV um, when Stan and I had King James on one side, NIV on the other side, and we were just reading along one day. I was reading one version, he was reading the other, and all of a sudden I said, that's not what it's saying. I was reading the NIV, as he was reading the King James, and I said, where's the blood of Jesus in here? The blood was taken out. Whole verses were taken out. 
So that's why, I mean, okay, is the King James Bible perfect? It has even a lot of grammatical errors. <laughs> not saying it's perfect. But it's anointed to God, okay? In Revelation, it says that the world will be so evil that the Antichrist will rise to global power and the world will worship him. Does it not say that? Demonic influence will grow and gather the nations against God, nation of Israel, or Armageddon. Um, it talks about this in Revelation 16, 13, and then 14. And, you know, Stan has all the teachings you ever need to know about Bible prophecy. Um, and I understand now, Stan, why they don't like you or me or Sunni or Lou or anybody else because we don't hear to their prophets and their prophets, their apostles and their prophets. We don't listen to them. We, we, matter of fact, we expose them. And they don't want you to teach about there's going to be a... a we're going to go through the tribulation. They don't want. To, they don't want you to think that there's going to be uh, wonderful here. You know, there's going to be peace and safety. And what? If they say peace and safety, what? Sudden destruction will come upon you. But they're saying, oh, it's peace and safety. Peaches and cream and strawberries and cherry on top too. They're just lying. They're spirits of devils working these miracles. Did you know? That there is black magic, did you and white magic? Did you not know that? I mean, the, there is lying prophets and apostles out there, and other ministers that are operating by devils by doing black magic, white magic, all this witchcraft stuff, and divination. And when they lay hands on you, okay, it might seem like you're healed, but guess what? You just picked up a devil. It's a transfer. God does intend for his kingdom to come to earth and his people will rule with him. However, physical rule to be set up on after Christ returns, not before. Because after all, we Christians are so wonderful, so holy and righteous, and we're going to have these seven mountains, these seven spheres, and we're going to take over the world because we're so holy before God, and we're going to make it perfect for you, Jesus, then you can return. Well, why does he need to return then? Okay? Jesus' rule now is to those who have accepted him in their hearts and make him Lord of their life. Now, Wagner, Hammond, and Pierce and their followers believe they are bringing God's kingdom. But actually, the Antichrist kingdom is rising to power. Am I telling you the truth? God will bring extreme judgment against such extreme evil. The day of the Lord, people will hide in caves and throw down their idols to get away from God's wrath. That's what the scriptures say that will happen. Yeah, it's too late. Now, you want to know how to get to heaven? Yes, Leslie, I want to know. Let me try that again because I think some people are sleeping. I need some feedback here. I need a loud. Is Jesus the only way to heaven? Yes. <laughs> Praise God for my voices up here in front. Okay, so in John fourteen six says, Jesus said in him, I am the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? The way, the truth, and the life. Do you know another thing in the scriptures that they use? They say he's the way, the truth, and the light. Just a few little words here and there. But he's the life. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way. That leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, 
and few there will be that find it. Bye. You know, they're teaching, we're just going to bring the kingdom here, God's kingdom here. We're going to set it up perfect for Jesus to return. Yes, good luck with that. Jesus says that his kingdom was not of this world. So don't believe the lie that God would command, instruct, or speak for anyone to take over these mountains, these seven mountains, which are religion and family and education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and the business. Don't you see Hollywood is becoming all Christian? Not happening. No, it is, yeah, it is a religion. Uh, yeah, all the media, the government. Oh, yeah, we're seeing Christians take over the government, right? I mean, there's some good, we're getting some good Christians, we think, in there, right? Sometimes. Matter of fact, I think that they want Trump in there so bad because I think they think that's going to be their, their government. They're, they're one that's going to take over the government, and therefore, you know, they have one sphere down. If they can get the government, they're going to get the rest of them. It's not true. Uh, John eighteen thirty six. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. We're not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, what is kingdom now the, uh, teaching? They say that God's been trying to reestablish control over the world by seeking an exceptional group of believers known as that covenant people, overcomers, or Joel's own reign. And I'm going to have Stan talk to you a little bit here in just a minute about this. These covenant people, they say the remnant, uh, the social institutions would be brought under God's authority. Their belief is that believers are indwelled by the same Holy Spirit that indwelled Jesus. And we all have the authority in heaven and earth. And we all have the power, their visualization, to believe for and speak into existence that things are not. And thus we can bring about the kingdom age. They started off by just marching around a car. Get it? Name it, claim it, believe it. So, Stan, could you tell us a little bit more about Joel's army and about the remnant? Okay, so as she's telling me, these NAR people believe that humans are going to rise up, become so great and powerful that they will have an army called Joel's, Joel's Army, and it's going to defeat the devil. Is that accurate? Okay. okay. That's exactly opposite. So in Joel chapter 2, they're talking about this is uh, Joel's army. So let me tell you what Joel's army is. Chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm of my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land, what land that would be Israel, tremble, for the day of the Lord comes and deny his hand. Then it describes it, a day of darkness and gloom, it is a day of clouds and thick darkness. And then I'm going to skip on down. A fire devours before them. This is the devil's army. This is the army of the beast describing their powers. A fire devours before them, behind them a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them. And a desolate wilderness behind them, nothing can escape them. Some people say that it was like a blue laser that just burned Maui. Just, <laughs> and... I can't prove it. It probably was. Those are the kind of high-tech weapons the devil's army has. For 6,000 years, Lucifer and all of his fallen ones, all of his Nephilim, all of the, all of the, all of the, all of the, everything evil 
has done everything they can to develop high energy weapons, uh, anti-gravity, free energy, all sorts of fantastic technologies. Many of them humans came up with and they were stolen from them. Some 6,000 patents have been squashed that humans came up with. But he has gathered all of this, all of this, all of this to form his army, Satan's army is what I'm going to call it. And Satan's army is going to rise up. Ezekiel 38 verse 8 says that when Israel dwells safely in their land, all of them, then the Russians, all of their buddies, all of Islam, all of the world that is headed under the Antichrist comes down to attack Israel. It's Armageddon. The Bible says that even though the whole world comes down to attack Israel, they will not be victorious because that's when Jesus returns for Armageddon. So here's a description of what God does to raise up his army. Verse 18, 2.18, Joel 2.18. Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and pities the people. And I will remove far off from you the northern, I'm skipping around, northern army, and I will not drive them into a barren land and desolate. Skipping on down, I'm, I'm just skimming through this. Uh, you shall know that I am the Lord in the midst, when I am in the midst of Israel. And it come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men, uh, your, your, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will still dream dreams. So the ultimate fulfillment is, of that is actually on the day of Armageddon. And then I will pour out my spirit. You will see uh, wonders in the heavens, blood, fire. Okay, there's the pillars of smoke. This is the day of the Lord. Here's what God does. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered in Mount Zion. And in those days and that time, I'll bring again the captivity. Okay, let me skip it. I'll gather all nations. We'll bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat means judgment. I will bring the plead them there, plead with them there. This is the time, verse 10, that you'll beat your plowshares into swords, pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Assemble yourselves together. Then, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. And it says, come to pass in that days that he calls them to repent. And he does use human flesh of Israel to fight against them. But, of course, they are no match for that. That's when Jesus returns. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, boom, he's defeated them. All right, so who, you know, hang on a second. So um, they, they call us that we're the remnant. I used to say, oh, I'm the remnant, I didn't, until I understood. How many of you heard that? Yeah. We're the remnant. Mm-hmm. It sounds so great. We're the remnant. We're part of God's army. He's the one that's going to call us. And that is not what remnant means. Would you tell us about remnant? When... We see the ark of the we see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, meaning the antichrist goes in and sits on the ark of the covenant that has not been revealed yet. By then, obviously, be revealed, and when he does that, that is the abomination of desolation. Jesus said, "When you see that, run to the hills. They will run straight south, I believe, down to the real Mount Sinai, where they'll offer praises of of, of praises to the Lord, not animal sacrifices, but praises." by singing. But um, then when the devil sees that, the Bible says he cast water out of the mouth of the, of the dragon, 
that he might cause the woman to be carried away of the flood. The earth helped the woman op- open up her mouth, which the dragon, uh, the earth opened up her mouth, swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the, uh, the serpent was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, meaning the people in Israel that did not follow Jesus' commands, when they saw the Ark of the Covenant, they remained there. Whereas other people, when they saw the abomination of desolation, knew about Matthew, knew about Jesus' command to leave. They left. The people that stayed in Jerusalem, they are the remnant. So when someone says, oh, I'm a remnant, no, 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 you don't want to be the remnant. If you're living in Israel at the time, you want to flee, as Jesus said. But the remnant didn't do, as they were told. So when someone says, well, I'm part of the remnant, well, you mean you didn't obey Because that's what the remnant remnant are those that did not obey. They were told to leave and they didn't. And then it says in the remnant, he goes to make war with those that keep the commandments of God have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So being a remnant is not good. So is that part of Joe's army or the ones that are going to stay in Israel and fight? Well, actually, yeah, that that would be part of Joel's army, right. In other words, the people that are in Israel at the time Armageddon takes place. So, you, you know, you could be under a teaching and say, you know, you're Joel's army, you're part of the remnant. You say, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, okay? <laughs> so they believe that God's raising up that army that's going to have supernatural powers and things like that. It all sounds wonderful, but it's just not the truth. I'm a realist. It's just not the truth. Uh, Kingdom theology, um, they have, they're combining with the manifest sons of God, God doctrine, uh, their doctrinal belief says that believers are little gods, and that's where they're going with this, is that you're a little god. So that's why they want you to have the authority and take over these different spheres, these different mountains, because you're a little god. No, thank you. Uh, they're, they're commissioning the Joel's army, and uh, you can see the cry of, of heaven in advance. They have... Um, I believe this is, you can, you can find, the Elijah list people is not prophets of God. They're just not. They're prophets of the devil, in my opinion. They're liars. Oh, and one more thing. You ready? Okay. I need help up here, Sam. So, the NR churches are the people in these type of leads, the kingdom now, theology. So code this for me. So people in these churches, you know, Chris, they read their books and everything, um, but they have come up with, or this one person did, and they support it, the Passion Translation. So I bought a a Passion Translation. It is horrible. It's just a New Testament it has Song of Solomon, uh, the Psalms, and Proverbs. Right, San? So it has, but it's changed all the words. So I'm saying, if you have the Passion Translation or maybe any of those other uh, horrible translations, this is what I say. And baby, you know, I, we have a flame burner at home. I should go, <laughs> the flame burner. I was going to do that, Sean. Sorry, I forgot. Thank you, Lou, for laughing. Maybe I'll take it home and still do that. I have a fire pit. Maybe I'll take the flame torch. Yeah, the fire of God come down. So guess what? 
fill us in this passion translation. You're not going to guess. No. The Shekinah. Because they want you to believe the Shekinah is in the Bible now. Because it's not in the Bible. Okay? So now they're changing and putting Shekinah in there. So this is the PT, the, the Passion Translation says this, this is what it says in Proverbs 15.33. The source of revelation knowledge is found as you fall down and surrender before the Lord. Don't expect to see the Shekinah glory until the Lord sees your sincere humility. Now, the King James Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. It's talking about the reverence, fear of the Lord, not bringing in Shekinah. Let me tell you why this matters so much to me and why I've hired a number of highly respected scholars to review the Passion Translation and then made their work, their papers, and their interviews available for free online. The Passion Translation is a bad translation. It is not even proper to call it a translation. It has more issues than I can count. It pushes sectarian theology and puts ideas into the Bible that just aren't there to start with. It's primarily the work of one man, a guy named Brian Simmons, who doesn't seem to have the proper education or skills to to be able to translate the entire Bible well. But Brian Simmons claims that God has supernaturally given him the spirit of revelation and given him secrets of Hebrew and Greek that he has put into his Passion Bible. Now, normally, weird and bad translations don't really make it into your shelf at home or into the bookstores or certainly aren't recommended from pulpits normally. But because of the reckless and unwise endorsing of the Passion Translation by some high-profile, hyper-charismatic pastors, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, by the way, so he's only done the New Testament and some of the other, you know, the Song of Solomon, Proverbs, and um, Psalms. But he says that by 2028, he'll have the whole Bible because Jesus came and told him. Yeah, right, whatever. Uh, Passion Translation of the Bible is not a translation of the Bible at all. His name is Brian Simmons. Uh, he just rewrote the Bible is what he did. And I read in my Bible, we're not to change the words. Uh, to me, it's just as bad as the Jehovah Witnesses or the Catholics, or the Mormons, or something that they have changed the versions of the Bible to, so you can read those to believe what they are saying. It's very deceptive. So what should we be doing now? You should be proclaiming the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? And also, you know, it says that if we deny Jesus, he'll deny us, so we're not supposed to deny Jesus. You know, the, the, the Antichrist is coming to reign on this earth, and he's using these false apostles, false prophets to do so. They are cooperating with the one world kingdom, the one world order. Uh, the Lord intends to destroy this earth. Is that true? Yes. He doesn't intend to destroy this earth. So why would he instruct the church to build his kingdom on this earth? That's a question you need to be asking yourself. And maybe walk out of these churches that are teaching that. We're supposed to preach the gospel. We're supposed to go to Singapore, Malaysia. Cambodia, Honduras, all these other countries, preach the gospel, take the gospel to them, right? Train them, equip them, deliver them, all those things. Uh, lead people in the sinner's prayer. Uh, maybe you're called to be a missionary, some are not, but at least you can sow into being uh, somebody that's going to do God's work, like moi here. Uh, the Lord's kingdom is a spiritual one here on earth until he returns. We're supposed to be Christ-minded, amen, not world-minded, uh, we're, no, we're supposed to know the Word of God. We're supposed to be led of the Holy Spirit and activate the nine gifts of the Spirit and walk in the fruit of the Spirit. If you think an angel has come to you, if you think that Jesus has appeared to you, all these things, but it does not line up with the Word of God, 
you say you're not of God, get out in Jesus' name, okay? Now, some of the NAR, Dominion Now, the Kingdom Now, uh, these people that teach these false doctrines, you can see these names, uh, Mike Bickle, Jacobs, Cindy Jacobs, Bill Johnson, Joyner, uh, Chris Wagner, Todd Bentley, big one, um, Taylor Swift, Johnny Lamb, uh, the Elijah List people, Bill Hammond, Heidi Baker, goes on and on and on. Sid Roth, now this will get you. I won't say the name right, but Sadhu Selvaraj, yeah, he's with them. Kind of scary, huh? Kenneth Copeland, um, Chuck Pierce, Dutch Sheets, all of them. Kenneth Hagen. And guess what? Who we all dearly beloved right now and so happy that he's in there, he's with them. And he has the dominion flag outside his door. That's why he got in. See the tree? That is the dominion flag. Mm -hmm. So what does a biblical church look like? They use one Bible, my opinion, King James. Uh, they are not setting up as a 501c3. They set up as a corporation soul, for example. They, uh, we do believe in the fivefold, of course, the nine fruits, the God gifts. I do teaching and training of the to ministers of the Lord, also prophets of God, to learn about the nine gifts. By, by the way, if you don't operate in the fruits of the Spirit, you can forget about ever operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And by the way, if you don't think you're called to be an intercessor first, then you're never going to be a prophet or a minister of the Lord. So if you haven't signed up, church, to be on the <laughs> intercessing, intercessor list, you better do so today before you walk out. Um, they have Sunday school for adults and children, Bible study, uh, weekly praise and worship. You know, we, we got this from the Bible so we could kind of tell what we're supposed to do in our church. This is what we try to adhere to. Uh, training equipping, uh, accept offerings, and uh, we the, the ultimate... Goal is to build God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. We take communion the third Sunday of each month now. We fellowship with one another and then also water baptism. So if you're involved in the NAR, the kingdom now, or the dominion now, any of these, uh, this is what the scripture says in Revelation 18.4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sin." And that you receive not of her plagues. Because they are teaching the lying signs and wonders. They're teaching you to get this, this new wonderful Bible of their, of theirs. The Passion Translation. All these things. You know, we've all sinned. All of us have sinned. And as we can't get in by doing our works, we have to say, Lord, it's by your grace that you're going to save us. And we have to ask him into our heart. And believe and speak it with our mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. It's very easy to do, but then the work begins, right? Confession. Confession of your sins, but you say, I also believe in Jesus Christ. And then you repent. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible sinner. I, I repent for my sin. And then you strive to not go sin anymore. So everybody here at this church right now, and those of you watching online, I want you to... 
just make a new commitment with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. So pray this with me. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. He died on the cross, but he arose three days later, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. I accept his blood to wash away my sins. I ask Lord Jesus to write my name in the book of life. I ask Lord Jesus that you keep me holy and you save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can click on the QR code below. God bless you. Thank you for listening, and may you be free in Jesus' name. Amen.